We'd like to welcome you to Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church. I'd like to give a special welcome if this is your first time worshiping with us. Thank you for coming today to be a part of this worship service. If this is your first time on your way out today, please stop by the Welcome Center and get a free gift on behalf of our church family. We just thank you for your presence. We welcome those of you who are worshiping with us online today. Thank you for tuning in to be a part of this great service. I want to say a special thank you to Mary Rainwater, our children's director, all of our volunteers, teachers, and workers, Stacy Howes for all the beautiful pictures. VBS was a great week. We so appreciate all of your hard work and your effort, seeing many children pray to receive Christ and many seeds planted. So thank you so very much for an awesome week, as you can see, VBS was. But we are so glad that you're here. We pray that you can feel the presence of the Lord in this place and know that you are welcome here as he is welcome here. At this time, I'm going to invite you, if you would, to stand once again. Tell someone you're glad to see them here today. Could you do that? i 
as our praise team continues to lead this morning.
praise God, the tomb is empty and he is alive. And because he is alive, we have victory. I'm so grateful again for your presence here today. We are grateful for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And I would say for some of you here today or some of you watching, you feel as though you are in a hopeless situation and you have been robbed of your joy and you've had a lot of fear and, and worry and anxiety. Know that God is with you and he promises to bring us a peace that passes all understanding when we place our faith and trust in him. And every week there's an opportunity, if you feel led by the Holy Spirit, to come to this altar and pray. You can kneel, you can stand, you can place an arm of encouragement around someone, you can pray your seat. For those of you watching, wherever you are, can be your altar, your place of prayer. But know that God is able and we claim that this morning. And if you would like to tap into his life-giving, life-changing power, I would like to invite you to come join me as we lift up our prayers together. Would you come pray with me today? pray together. Father, what a sweet spirit is in this place. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the beautiful music. Thank you when family of faith can sing praise to the only one who is worthy to be praised. And Father, we come bowing humbly before an almighty God, asking that you would lift us up, lift us up from our sin. Lift us up from our hopelessness. Lift us up from our depression. Lift us up, Father, from our fear, from our situation, from our worry. Oh, God, help us to seek you first and your righteousness and trust that all these other things will be added or given unto us. Father, I pray for folks who have gathered at this altar people praying from their seats, people praying from their homes, wherever they may be. May they feel your presence. Remove, God, any doubt. Remove, God, anything from our hearts and lives that would not be pure, that would hinder our prayers. And Father, we pray for so many who are hurting today, for so many, God, who are grieving today. Father, we pray for Dee Deppenbrock and the loss of her mother, Betty Lance. I pray for their family, that they might feel your comfort and your strength and your peace. Father, we pray for so many who are going through treatments or surgeries. Father, are recovering from surgeries. We trust you're the great healer and the great physician. Anoint them, O oh God, we pray, and bring them safely through. Father, we continue to pray for our country and for revival and for spiritual awakening 
and pray for our leaders. Give wisdom and guidance. And Father, we pray for all the churches that, Father, they would be filled with people hungering and thirsting after you. Lord, I pray today if there are those here or watching that have never given their heart and life fully surrendered to Jesus, that today would be the day of salvation for someone or for many. Father, we pray for people that are battling addiction. There are so many. Father, break the chains. Father, set them free that they might feel your presence and give them the strength to overcome. And Father, we just pray again for each person here. We're grateful for a successful VBS. And we pray, God, that many of these seeds that were planted would grow into fruition and, and many of these young people would follow Jesus. Father, we're grateful for Mary Rainwater and all of our workers who did such a beautiful job, our volunteers, our teachers. Bless them, God, I pray. Father, we pray for Lee Rainwater that you would continue to bring healing to his body. And we know, God, you are able. Bless him, we pray. And Father, we just pray for all of our staff at this church. We pray for Bill as he's away on vacation. Bless he and Linda and their family. And Father, I pray for uh, God, your spirit, to continue to move through the music and this service. May your spirit speak to us through your word and through your servant that we would all, oh God, be transformed. And we'll just thank you and praise you for the victories we trust you to bring. For we love you, God, and to God be the glory for the great things you have done and for what you're going to do even now. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Psalm 13? And, and as you're doing that, I, I may look a little different today. I, I'm not in a coat and tie, one, because I, a coat won't fit over this. And I can tie a tie, but it's a little bit challenging. So if y'all don't mind me being a little bit more casual today, I appreciate it. And I know some of y'all didn't even notice, but I'm so grateful that you're here today, and I'm grateful for you guys being here for leading us after the reading of God's Word. Beginning verse 1 of Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long Will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
how great this love oh it's moving on my mountains this perfect love it's casting out my fear how great this love oh it welcomes me like Tears run, and 
Thank you. What a beautiful song. I always am touched and moved when we sing that because we don't get what we deserve from God. He loves us and shows us his grace, and I'm so thankful. Aren't you thankful for God's grace today? We all should be thankful for his grace. I normally share a little bit of humor with you. I, you may or may not think this is funny. This is true life story. This past week, um, and this isn't the funny part, this is a thanksgiving and a praise to God. This past Thursday, my wife Kelly and I celebrated our 21st wedding anniversary. So I understand about God's grace and, and getting what I did not deserve, a, a wonderful, beautiful wife. But Kelly and I, uh, to celebrate, uh, Kelly tried to do something special. I've maybe shared with some of y'all before. On our first date, I really tried to impress Kelly. Uh, I was a single preacher living over in the parsonage, and just me and my little dog, Jonah, my little Sheltie that I had. And, and uh, on our first date, I took her out to a nice restaurant in Lexington, really tried to you know, put a, a good foot forward and, and just have a wonderful evening. Took her over to American and Lexington and, and had just the best. She ate about two bites. I'm like, you're going to eat every bit of that. I just paid for that. <laughs> nice. But anyway, took her to a nice restaurant, came back to the parsonage, thought we would just talk, you know, watch a movie or something. And so some of y'all might remember Kelly went to the restroom. And while she was gone to the restroom, I know it was the first day, maybe I was trying too hard, but when she went to the restroom, I, I turned the lights down, I lit some candles, and I put on some Chicago. <laughs> I was from the 80s, so she didn't understand when, when she came out and I extended my hand like to, to do a little slow dance to Chicago, and when they're singing, it's hard to say I'm sorry, she said, what did you do? I said, nothing, I did, this is just, this is a classic, great, slow song. So, fast forward up to where we are now. Kelly, to remember that special time, thought it would be great. She heard that Chicago was coming to Lexington, so she thought to celebrate our anniversary, she would buy us tickets to see Chicago. Well, she told me she got the tickets, and she said, yeah, they're coming to Lexington Opera House. I said, Lexington Opera House? I said, honey, that, they're, you know, you don't understand. They were big back in the day. That, they need a bigger venue than Lexington Opera House. I, are you sure? She goes, yeah, I've got the tickets right here. We'll come to find out. Next weekend, we're going to see the musical Chicago at the Lexington <laughs> Opera House. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> I think they were in Cincinnati last night, but we were unable to go see Chicago, the band. But uh, so anyway, you pray for us that God will continue to bless us. And uh, Kelly said, if I want another 21 years of marriage, that I'm going to hang up the high tops and quit playing basketball. So <laughs> pray for us in that. I'm glad we can laugh a little bit, but I know some of you are here, and, and have you ever felt like that God has forgotten about you? 
I mean, you see his presence in other people, but you don't see him in your own life. You long for the joy that you see in other people, but yet you can't seem to find that joy in your own heart, in your own life. I think so many times we feel abandoned. We feel discouraged. We feel anxious. We feel depressed. Hard to believe that over 40 million American adults struggle with depression and anxiety on a daily basis. And nearly one in 10 teenagers struggle with depression and anxiety on a daily basis. And maybe you're here today and you're struggling with that as well. You're struggling because you don't know what God's plan is for your life. Maybe you're struggling because God hasn't brought that special someone into your life and you've been waiting on that special someone to come into your heart and to your life. Maybe you're here and, and you've been looking for a financial breakthrough, that job that's going to set you uh, in a good way uh, to where you want to be financially. Or maybe you're looking for a spiritual breakthrough and you've just not been able to be that man or that woman that God would have you to be. In our scripture passage today, we, we see David, who is a man after God's own heart, struggling. He's struggling, one, with a severe illness. We're not exactly sure at this time what was going on in David's life, but we know he was struggling with a serious illness, and he did not want to give his enemies any joy by celebrating his illness or his weakness. And so in this passage of Scripture, David is feeling abandoned. David is feeling like that God has forsaken him, that God has forgotten about him. And again, maybe that's where you are today. Maybe you feel like God has abandoned you. God has forgotten about you. And, and even though David was a man after God's own heart, he battled, no doubt, depression. He battled fear. He battled some of those feelings that many of us feel all the time, even more so since we've gone through COVID. And it's my prayer today that while you're waiting for God's plan, while you're waiting for that special someone, while you're waiting for that perfect job, while you're waiting for that financial breakthrough, while you're waiting for that spiritual breakthrough in your life, what can we do during this waiting period? Well, I think the first thing we can do is we can be patient. In Psalm 13, beginning with verse 1, David said, How long? How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and, and day after day have my uh, enemies uh, to triumph over? How long will my enemies triumph over me? He was asking how long. And maybe the message you need to hear today is to be patient. That psychologist and educator of old, John Dewey, said that the most useful 
Virtue in the world is patience. And we read in Proverbs 14, 29, whoever has patience has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. In Proverbs 16, 32, it says, it is better to be patient than powerful. And we think about that fourth fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. We are to be patient. And if there's one thing maybe we learned during these past couple of years during COVID was maybe to be patient and to wait upon the Lord. In Psalm 37, verse 7, David said, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. But you know what happens during this waiting period? The devil begins to attack. He attacks not only our, our bodies through physical illness sometimes, but he will attack our thoughts. When he said, how long must I wrestle with these thoughts? day after day and have sorrow in my heart. He attacks our minds. He attacks our families. He will attack us at work. He'll attack us at church. The devil is constantly attacking. Uh, that's why Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, that uh, for we, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 8, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The greatest adversary of our soul is the devil. And today, maybe he's been wreaking havoc on you and you've become impatient because you want to know God's will, God's plan, God's person, your next move. And maybe he's saying, be patient. Just be patient. Now, I've shared with you all that it was about a year ago when my daughter Sophie and I, after she just turned 16 and got her driver's license, you all remember me sharing that we were on Versailles Road getting to turn left there at I guess that's Hanley Lane. And, and as we were getting ready to turn left, there was a wreck on down at the intersection of the shopping uh, mall center down the road there by Starbucks, but it was backed up all the way uh, by the bank there and the car dealership and the traffic had stopped and, and there was enough room for us to, to ease our way in. And y'all remember this story. I, I told her to go. I said, go ahead. Traffic was stopped, and right as we were easing out, a car came, and we hit head-on right there and spun us around, and airbags deployed, and praise God, we were both okay. And afterward, I thought, why couldn't I wait? <laughs> why did we have to go at that time? How many times do we feel like we've got to go, we've got to do this, we've got to what would have waited, waiting three or four more minutes have been? Nothing. We weren't in a hurry to go somewhere. 
And sometimes the message for us is just wait, be still before the Lord. Just be patient. Are you a patient person? Would your spouse say you're a patient person? Would your child say you're a patient person? Would the Lord say you're a patient person? We are to be patient. And that's what David was having to find out in his, in his feelings of abandonment and forsakenness that he needed to be patient. But then the next thing we can do during this waiting period is be prayerful, is to be prayerful. If you would look at verse 3, David said, Look on me and answer, my Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And then he went on to say that the enemies would be able to rejoice uh, when he would fall and they would celebrate. But he was talking about look on me and answer and give light to my eyes. He was praying. He was praying. While you're waiting, I encourage you to pray. Paul said in Romans 12, 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Those passages we've shared so many times out of Philippians 4, 6, and 7, and I challenge you to commit them to memory. When Paul said, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So we know it's important that we pray through this season of waiting as we're being patient. But really, David makes three requests. His first one says, look on me. Well, he felt like God had turned his back on him. And so he was saying, just like maybe when you've been in an argument or an intense moment of fellowship, and you say, turn around and look at me. <laughs> That's what Kelly said right before she hit me. <laughs> and he says, look on me. He said, can you even look at me? And we know that he does. In Psalm 34, verse 15, it says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And not only are the eyes of the Lord on the righteous, I believe he sees all of the wickedness in the world and the evil and the unrighteousness. But the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. I believe with all my heart when we say, Look on me, when David said that God saw him just as he sees us. Know that God saw Joseph when he was in the pit. God saw, Jacob, uh, saw Job when he was in his pain. God saw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were in the fiery furnace. God saw Daniel when he was in the lion's den. God saw the woman who had the bleeding issue in the crowd. God saw Zacchaeus up in the tree when Jesus was passing by. God saw Lazarus in the tomb when he called him to life. God saw Jesus on the cross when he was dying for you and for me. And he sees you 
and he sees me. Even though you feel like you're all alone and you've been abandoned, no, he sees you today. He sees what you're going through. He sees your depression, your fear, your uncertainty, your confusion, your guilt, your sin, your pride, your addiction, your anger, your unforgiveness. God sees you and he sees me. When he says, look on me, he sees us. But then he says, answer me. Not only in Psalm 34, 15 does say the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, but his ears hear their cry. Not only does he see you and me, he hears us when we cry out to him. He hears us when we're suffering. He hears us when we're going through these dark and difficult days. But know that the devil again will try to tell you you're unworthy of God's love. He'll say your, your situation's getting worse. It's not getting any better. He wants you to think it's hopeless. Don't give in to the devil's lies because that's what he is. He's a liar and he's a deceiver. So don't give in to his lies. But then he says, give light to my eyes so that I will not sleep in death. He, he really was at the point where he felt like he was going to die. And he was saying, give, give light to my eyes. And if you would skip on over to verse 18 of Psalm 34, I love this passage. Some of y'all may know it. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Isn't that great to know? The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's great news today. That even when we feel like that we're at that threshold of we can't go on, know the Lord is close to us and he saves us. He brings light into our life and light into our eyes. But we have to keep praying. Now, to kind of go along with my funny story that I was sharing about earlier about mine and Kelly's anniversary, you know, I, I was a little bit late getting married. I, I didn't get married until I was 34. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking, man, Lord, how long, Lord, how long will you forsake me forever? Or, or will all the women forsake me forever? How long, Lord? <laughs> And so I was praying, I was praying that God would bring me someone. And I asked my family and I had people that I was close to, they prayed for me too. And it's okay. And I remember, and I, I told my, uh, and I told some good friends and they started praying that here. But my mom began to pray, God, we thank you in advance. We thank you in advance for the person that you've already prepared for time. They start thanking God in advance. So I joined in on thank you, Lord, in advance for the victory you're already going to bring. And, and I remember my dad, like it was yesterday, saying, Todd, don't expect God to, to bring somebody to your front door. You're going to have to go out to where they are.
Kelly walked straight through the doors of that parsonage to Sunday school that was meeting in my living room. He brought her to my front door. <laughs> and in my living room, thank the Lord. But I want to tell you, God's timing is perfect. He's never late. God's right on time. And believe me, God hasn't forgotten about you. God loves you very much, and he's still working. Even though you may not feel him, you may not see him, he's still working in your life. So we must indeed be prayerful. But then lastly, we must during this time uh, continue to praise him and trust in him by praising him and trusting in him. And the last two verses, David said, but I will trust in your unfailing love and my heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing of the Lord's praise. I love this part. Because he's been good to me. Has the Lord been good to you? He's been good to all of us. The Lord has been good to us. That's why we place our trust and our faith in him. That's why Paul could, while in his own rented house in prison in Philippians 4.4, say rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. He could rejoice even in his imprisonment because of God's grace that had been shown to Paul. God had been good to him, and he celebrated his goodness. We should do the same by placing our trust in him. That passage we share all the time out of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. But we've got to let go and let God be in control. That's what David had to do. Even in his serious illness and his depression, and the attacks of the enemy. I mean, we know Saul was his enemy, but there were others too. He just let go and said, God, even after how long, how long, and this is what the enemy, look on me and answer and give light to my, then he comes back with the solution. I've got to trust in the Lord. That was the solution to the problem. Lord, I know you're in control. I'm going to trust in you because I know you got a plan at just the right time. I want to share two amazing things as we close out today that happened to me this week. This week was a, was a good week with EBS. Um, I was sorry that we had a couple of our uh, folks in this church family to pass away, so I had a couple of funerals and had this surgery. And, and so I'm like, Lord, you're so faithful. I trust in you to do what I can't do. Well, I guess on the day I had surgery, Kelly was manning my phone, and I appreciate all of the kind texts and calls and, and cords and some delicious food that, that you all are so kind. Thank you all for those wonderful, encouraging words. But somebody texted and asked on the day I was having surgery that their loved one, their mother's health was quickly declining over at a, a place in Lexington, and they said that they had never given their heart and life to Jesus, and they were wanting to see their 
Their mom placed her trust and faith in Jesus because her health was declining. So on Thursday before a funeral, I made my way over to Lexington to this uh, assisted living or, or senior living place. And I went in and I found a, a sweet lady bedridden. And uh, we small talked just for a few moments. And I prayed on the way over that the Holy Spirit would be preparing the way. And, and you know, and this is a verse I left out on the be prayerful, which it applies to this too. When Romans 8, 26 the Lord helps us in our weakness when we do not know what we should pray. The Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf with wordless groans. So when we don't know how to pray or what to say, the Holy Spirit supplies. So I began to visit with this sweet lady, and I came to find out that she didn't know the Lord, 84 years old. And I'm so grateful that the Holy Spirit so had her prepared that I spoke with her and asked her if she would like to ask Jesus to come into her heart to be her Lord and Savior. And she said yes. And she prayed with me what we many times call the sinner's prayer. And she received Jesus. I took a cup of water. And I baptized her in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit right there in her bed. And I have to tell you, a peace came over that room, and I just gave God the glory that she has now had her name written in that Lamb's Book of Life, and that she came to know the Lord on Thursday. On Friday, I got a call from one of our members saying that their loved one was no longer eating and drinking, 93-year-old man, and I asked if I could go see them because the end was near and didn't know about their salvation. And I said, it'd be my privilege to go over. I went over to, to visit, and, and again, he was weak because he hadn't been able to, to eat or, or, or drink very little, and, and I was able to talk with him with the aid of, of a caregiver that was there, and and I asked him if he knew Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, if he was at peace with the Lord, and he said, yes, I am. I said, so you're sure that you and the Lord are in good standing? You're at peace with the Lord? He goes, yes, I am. And I said, well, praise God. I'm, I'm so thankful. And the caregiver said, he's been singing amazing grace in the morning when he wakes up in a weakened state and said, would you mind if we sing Amazing Grace together? And we sang the first and last stanzas of Amazing Grace. I have to tell you, I was moved to tears as I watched this 93-year-old who only has a short time left on this earth singing Amazing Grace. When I think about I will sing because the Lord has been good to me, we sing Amazing Grace, don't we? Because he's been good to us. And I'm going to ask you, as I did my, my new friend that I met on Friday and my new sister in Christ that I met on Thursday, why don't we sing the first and last stanzas of this beautiful song? And if you have never received Christ into your heart, 
You don't have to wait until you're on your deathbed. You can do it today. All you have to do is say, Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. All of us are. There's not a single perfect person in here. Jesus was the only perfect person ever to live. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's only through Christ do we have salvation. Anyone, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Anyone, regardless of your past, how bad you've been, or how good you think you've been, you can ask him to come into your heart even now and receive his amazing grace. Or maybe you've gotten off track and you know you've not been living for the Lord. It's time to turn it around before it's too late and say, you know what, I've, I've been a mess, but that's going to change today with the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to make the changes I know I need to make and start being an authentic, genuine follower of Christ. Or maybe you've been looking for a church. I want to tell you, this is a great place. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But I promise you, we try our best to bring glory and honor to Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We'd love for you to be a part of what God's doing here. I believe the best is yet to come. But I'm going to ask you as we close out today, I'm going to invite you, if you would, to stand with me. And we're going to sing the first and last stanza. And I'm thinking about my friend in his weakened state, singing from his heart, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. Was blind, but now I see. When we've been there, when we've been there, ten thousand years bright shining as the sun we've no less days to sing god's praise than when we first begun may we pray Oh, God, thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for your saving power. Thank you for your patience with us, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And Lord, may we wait upon you. You tell us, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall soar on wings like eagles, run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not be faint. May we put our hope, our trust, our faith in you. And Lord, if there are those here today that have never given their heart and life to Jesus, may they come today to say, I want Jesus in my life and receive your mercy and grace. Lord, maybe there are Christians that have 
drifted away and, and they've gotten off track and they know it's time to come back home. Lord, I pray you would lead them back, give them the boldness to come back to you. Or, or Lord, maybe there are folks here that have been looking for a church home. And God, we sure love what you're doing. We're excited and we trust and believe the best is yet to come. But, oh, God, give us the courage to hear your voice and then respond. And we'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation, and I encourage you to come just as you are and know that God will love you and forgive you and welcome you into his arms. Won't you come as we sing, Just As I Am. And I want to thank you so much for being here today and allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. 
I hope that someone or many of you here or watching will say, he was speaking directly to me today. And if that's how you feel, that's the Holy Spirit speaking directly to you. And I pray that God will encourage you and touch you as you go from this place. I want to remind you of a couple of things. Don't forget this evening, uh, our students will be meeting at 6 o'clock. So you want to make sure if you're a student, come out. If you've not met JT and Elaine Coleman, Encourage you to come. I know the youth had a great trip to Santa Claus, uh, not Santa Claus, Santa Holiday World uh, yesterday. It's in Santa Claus, Indiana, right? So uh, I know they had a great trip. I hope you'll come back. I uh, hope you'll join us Wednesday night. There's a sign-up sheet for the meal at 5. And then we have a great time of prayer in here at 6. I invite you to join us. There's power in prayer then we invite you to come back next Sunday for a great day of worship. If you would like to be baptized, contact the office. We'll be doing baptism here. And then a creek baptism over to Happy Jack Farm on Sunday night. I unfortunately will not be doing the baptizing at the creek, but I'm grateful that Bill is. We might talk to JT too. Maybe they can team up. But I will be there to cheer you on. And I might see if I can do the baptism in here. Just can't get any creek water in the, in the cast. But uh, so glad you all are here. Thank you for your response for the peanut butter drive for Haiti. Uh, you all have been faithful to bring. This is the last week. If you say, oh, I meant to do that. Waves of Mercy Ministry. You all have responded beautifully. And I trust in the Lord we're going to go over that goal of a thousand jars of peanut butter and then some. So thank you all for your faithfulness. Thank you for being here. Jay, thank you for being here as Bill was away on vacation. Thank you for doing a great job as always. Would you close us out with the song, God bless you all. Remember how much God loves you and I love you too as we sing. May we pray to God be the glory for the great things you have done, for the great things you are doing, and for the great things that are still ahead. To God be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.